So today on the podcast, I have Shannon Maloney. Shannon has held senior marketing roles in Brafton Inc., Castleford Content Marketing and Flight Center while in Boston. She then moved to Toronto where she was the Director of Marketing at Soapbox and more recently co-founded RIP Marketing in Brisbane, Australia. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Michael. Uh, so the reason I wanted to bring you on uh, and reach out to you is because I had you on a panel in February in Toronto, uh, where you were the Director of Marketing at Soapbox, as I said, uh, but now you've launched a new marketing company in Brisbane, Australia. So I, I guess what what happened in these last few months? Yeah, it's been a few hectic months for everyone in the world. And uh in February, I was fully intending on staying in Canada uh, through my wedding. And unfortunately, uh, coronavirus hit and it hit hard everywhere in the world and um, sort of escalated my plans. And my fiance and I ended up moving to Brisbane. It was always our plan to land here later in the year. So we expedited our plans and sort of fled Canada uh, in mid-March. And uh, along with so many other people, uh, our roles sort of evaporated uh, in marketing at that time. My fiance is also in marketing. And so we've always dreamt of uh, starting our own business together and losing or or not necessarily losing, but our our jobs uh, not quite working out with our transition here. Uh, We decided to take the plunge and start a marketing advisory together. We have very uh, complimentary marketing backgrounds, uh, not from the same uh, field of marketing, but very complementary skill sets. He comes from very big brand management and I come from more scrappy digital marketing. So together we figured, um, why not start now our own thing and see how it goes. So I guess the first question is what, what is RIP marketing? Yeah, great question. Uh, so RIP used to be actually a nickname um, because we just we called it it's sort of a personal story but uh, our origin of the the brand was um we always used to rip into things so it was a method i guess of being really fast uh but excited when you're doing something so it would be ripping into a new challenge or whatever it may be and we eventually just called each other rip and so we came up with the name and um the gap in the market that we we noticed globally not just in um Australia or in Canada or the US is there's oftentimes in a small or um scaling small business there's this gap between um, the C-suite or senior leadership is, is running marketing, but they might be a CEO or a COO or just don't have a marketing background, but they're often the person running marketing or uh, taking the leadership role there. And then often there's you know tactical uh, people who will do the function. So you might have a junior marketer on the team, or you might have a bunch of freelancers that you use to write copy or run ads. And so there's this big gap between someone who might not or should be focusing on running the business, taking on a marketing role and just, you know, I, I don't want to use this expression, but um, throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Uh, and there's not a whole lot of strategy behind it. So what we're trying to bring to small businesses is a virtual uh, chief marketing officer role at a fraction of the cost. So it's 
basically you get the executive leadership of having a senior marketer on your team in a reduced capacity. Uh, but our goal is to come into small businesses and bring a strategy to the tactics, um, a strategy first, and then making sure that you have the right team and the right assets to be executing on that strategy properly. Well, that's a really interesting uh, concept. Um, will you also be involved in like coaching stuff or is it just purely like we're here to consult? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we want to d definitely be, the ideal scenario is that someone has uh, some in-house teams and they just need that strategic direction. We can come in, give that and make sure that everyone is uh, trained up on the platforms that they're using, how to go and approach the strategy in the right way, what messages to put out there. Um, we have one client right now who has uh, just two people in-house and uh, they're phenomenal, but they just haven't been given, they've been getting their direction from the CEO who is not a marketer, but tries really hard to, to get involved in that. And we kind of just gave them a, a bit more of a clear picture of wh where their market is and how they should be approaching that market. And now we're in the phase where we're training those teams to actually execute in, in the right way. And it's a lot of time-saving techniques as well. Um, because some, some marketers uh, are being forced into, you know, wearing many, many different hats and haven't worn those hats before. And it takes time to teach yourself those things. Um, so we're coming in and kind of shortening that, that training time. It's, it's a really good, the, it keep, sorry, I'm trying to get my thought process here correct, but it reminds me um, on a panel I did recently and someone brought up like, because people are using less agencies, they're bringing a lot of those practice, practical skills in-house and it doesn't leave a lot of time for strategy, even for managers who do have a marketing background. So I feel there's also that need as well to cater for. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but if if I'm a marketing director or CMO, um, I love, the dream is to have a massive in-house team, but it's just not feasible. Uh, even if in large companies, it's not feasible because either um, the talent might not be available for the roles in your geography and you turn to an agency who has a massive staff of doing those particular functions or you in most cases you just don't have the budget to bring everyone in house so you still want to do a great marketing strategy and you have these big goals to hit but you end up just hiring you know part-time help or a few freelancers to do tactics that you think you should be doing like someone has been in your ear telling you that instagram ads will work for your business and you need to be on there and so you just hire someone to do it without thinking much of okay well how are we going to measure the success who are we trying to target on this platform and then um what's going to be the determining factor of whether or not we continue or do we just continue throwing money at this until you know someone tells us about the next big thing yeah, no, it's a great idea. And I also think like to, like I work at a law firm where I think in the past they did have a, a marketing team, but strategy was really given to one of the senior lawyers who, um, you know, does, doesn't have that marketing experience. And yes, went to a conference and heard Facebook, we got to get on Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> you know, about knowing the implications of how much money they'll need to spend to like get traction on Facebook. Yeah. Um, so that they have since like we now have a proper you know marketing director and team but there's still a lot of like those professional services where someone who's very good at um 
doing that professional services kind of being put in that marketing role where they haven't had that marketing training. Um, yeah, exactly. So I think there, yeah, you've got a lot of uh, potential companies out there. So, you know, geographic wise, are you just kind of sticking to Australia or are you uh, basically open up to worldwide? Yeah, we're open to worldwide. Uh, the time difference here can be tricky, but right now we're working with clients in New York, California, uh, Vienna, and uh, we have a couple in Brisbane. So uh, very much global and still finding our niche, I think, when it comes to industry that kind of runs the gamut right now of startups. Uh, we have a wealth management firm and construction. So we'll see how it all pans out, but um, we, we know where we want to be with our our service and our offering. And uh, I think there's a really big opportunity in the market to provide that kind of virtual uh, senior leadership in marketing. Uh, so yeah, we'll see how it goes. So I did have this question down for you because you have moved around a little bit with Boston and Toronto and you're now living in Brisbane. Uh, I just wonder, do you find the role of marketing different in each place or does it always seem to be around the about the same? Uh, I think, yeah, the role of marketing, I think, has been similar. I think some markets are ahead of others. Uh, and uh, I've been told uh, coming here, uh, and previously I lived in New Zealand for a couple of years working for an agency uh, based out of Boston that sent me to New Zealand. And they had a, a program where they would actually uh, move um, strategists to places like Australia and New Zealand because the market is a little bit further ahead uh, in North America. So it's very coveted to have skills uh, marketing to that demographic in places like Australia and New Zealand that do want to enter those mar markets. Um, and so since I've landed in Brisbane, I've been trying to build my network, network here and talk to people. And that's been a common thread of, uh, you know, when we've been building this business and asking people for advice, they're saying, uh, leverage having experience in North America because it is such a developed market. Um, and so when I say developed, it's, it's kind of like, uh, the US and Canada get products and features. So when Google releases like an update or um, changes their ad interface, they, they might test it first in, in the US. And I think that's what uh, it means to be like more developed, more technologies available um, there, and then they get rolled out to other um, geographies. But that's been one thing that I've noticed consistently over my career of sort of be bopping around. Um, but other than that, it's very similar of um, the marketing role, I think is is very similar. I also think uh, budgets probably play a little bit into that as well. Like, you know, for instance, that you've experienced a flight center. I'm, the market is so much smaller in Australia compared to America, you know, the population wise, so you probably have a bit bit more of a budget to play with than you would if you're stationed in Australia at the time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, I mean, Australia has been very successful uh, in its COVID cases uh, at the moment. Um, I'm just wondering how you, like, if you've made any observations as far as like consumer behavior changes uh, that people in North America and around Europe might be, should take note of, of what to expect in the future. Yeah, it's been really interesting here. I remember when I first 
I first landed and I had to do the uh, self-quarantine. So as soon as we got off the plane, we had to uh, go straight from the airport to our residence, which was with my um, soon-to-be in-laws. And so we were there for 14 days and couldn't leave the property. Uh, and then two days later, it went into the hotel quarantine, which was a mandatory 14-day stay in a hotel room. You cannot leave. Uh, no interaction with other people. And we had a few friends that had to go through that. And it's still going on right now, even though the cases, I think there were 30 cases overnight. So it's, it's very, people are still cautious and rightfully so. Um, and there's definitely a change in behavior, especially when you are in a shop or in, in a, uh, you know, a coffee shop or in a boutique, there's definitely a lot more distance. And I think people consumer behavior, I don't think people are consuming as much. Like it's been really difficult here in Australia. We just bought a house and uh, everything is delayed. Getting furniture can take 10 to 12 weeks in most cases. And you're very limited in stock. And I think that's um, more about being in this part of the world where we're on a huge island. So everything is uh, imported uh, here. So things that uh, you could, you know, walk into a store and get or shop on Amazon with very limited stock on. So one example of that is hangers. We needed, you know, as you move into a new house, you need hundreds of hangers. And um, we had to go to like six different stores to make, to check stock and couldn't get them online. And it's just 10 week waiting time for something that you think is just so off the shelf or Amazon Prime. Uh, I think that's been the biggest difference I've noticed aside from, you know, it just being not as prevalent here as it was, you know, even in Canada when we left, it was um, quite uh, impending. I wonder if that's going to change people's impulse buys, knowing that it is going to take that long. Yeah. And I think it's also turned people to, to more used platforms. Like everyone is on Facebook marketplace right now, either selling or, or buying something. So like used goods and secondhand and things that you can like networks there. Uh, Gumtree here is like the Craigslist, uh, which you would know, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there's loads of people on that. And we've turned to that as consumers as well, trying to find the things that we need just to, you know, furnish a home. So. It's, it's funny with Amazon too. Like I went on there maybe three years ago thinking, because when I, I buy purchases for my mom, I don't send them because of the cost of, transportation is about the same price yeah um, so i'm like oh I'll just buy it on amazon and get sent it directly to her they only got amazon a year ago yeah <laughs> it is not the same amazon as in north america <laughs> yeah it's really bizarre like and you're right i ordered like a coloring book for my mom's birthday and it's like four months later it still has not arrived <laughs> and they give me an update like every few weeks i'm like oh yeah <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I did buy that. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm fascinated by how this will change consumer behavior um, in the long term. And I think, yeah, impulse buys might be something that's definitely going to go out the window. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but um, I think people might have to be a bit, are probably going to be a bit more purposeful in uh, what they yeah, expect. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I, I thought I'd ask you quickly, what's, what do you think is kind of the uh, immediate future for your business? Obviously, it's just launched, but do you expect a quick growth or expanding the team or anything along those lines? 
Yeah, I, the, the goal or the dream would be quick growth. Uh, and uh, we are growing slowly but surely. So we did take on some clients before our launch and that's, that's been great. Uh, and we've done a lot of like testing and um, just reaching out to our network. Uh, that's sort of our, our soft launch, I guess. But uh, hopefully we'll continue to grow it. And um, we do hope in the future, uh, months or maybe years down the line to, to build an in-house team ourselves and offer a wider range of expertise um, beyond our own so that we can execute on some of that tactical implementation as well. Um, we have been building a really great network of um, like trusted freelancers that, you know, if our strategy does um, employ something that we don't have the capacity to do or the client with their in-house teams or their freelancers, we want to be able to provide uh, at least that recommendation or that contact. And so we've been working hard on building a, a trusted network of freelancers that we can reach out to uh, if we do need, you know, uh, copywriting skills. And, and that's just not something that they can handle either in-house or with their own freelancers. I see. I do have another question about post-COVID consumer behavior. I just remembered it. Coming, <laughs> coming from someone who's uh, been in the travel industry, what have you seen that's kind of people's behavior when it comes to traveling at the moment? Uh, yeah, it's very uh, near and dear to my heart right now. Um, my, yeah, obviously I was supposed to get married before uh, I came to Australia. And so we've postponed that. And we are, my partner also is, uh, comes from, 10 years in the travel industry. So, so he's very close to uh, what's going on there and keeping a watchful eye on it because we have to come back to Canada at some point for our wedding. So we're very close to, can we travel? Can we not? What's happening? What are all the airlines doing? And so it's been one of the hardest hit industries and Qantas yesterday just announced um, a whole new round of, it? yeah, it's very, it's just very sad. Um, to see and obviously being in travel we have quite a few friends that are in that industry and have been affected um so i don't think people even when it does open up i think it's going to go one of two ways everyone's going to be chomping at the bit to get out of where they've been confined or uh people will be very very cautious and it's either going to be very very cheap at the start or very very exclusive and expensive so it's hard to tell where that will be right now on the spectrum but um we are keeping a watchful eye on it. And according to Qantas uh, yesterday, they, they aren't anticipating opening up international travel to Australia until July, 2021, I think. Um, so yeah, I think what it will open up uh, eventually as things, um, you know, continue hopefully uh, to get more safe and healthy around here, I think it'll open up a whole lot more of, um, what's it called, uh, like staycation type holidays, like local holidays and local, uh, supporting local businesses has become huge. And that's been something awesome to see. But I think the travel industry will find a way to incorporate that uh, to stay afloat. So more local destinations. Um, and we've seen that in Queensland specifically, there's been all of these incentives to travel throughout the state um different holiday packages and things like that so i think local travel will probably boom a little bit during this time uh and then who knows when international opens up again 
Yeah, I've been uh, very impressed with the premier of Queensland. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Queensland is the state or province um, that uh, Brisbane is in, but uh, the premier has been very quick to launch packages to the Great Barrier Reef, which Queensland's lucky that it exists in, um, mm. with cheap flights, I believe, um, with a, yeah. a localized airline. So uh, I think it's been very smart to kind of look at those packages and I, I've been thinking the same here like I feel like people like hotels downtown and restaurants should start packaging up uh cheap weekends away for people in the suburbs to come into Toronto and that that's where I would be thinking but um, yeah absolutely and I, I am starting to see that like I'm getting a lot of ads for the the Bisha hotel with uh <laughs> um you know discounts uh that are going to exist with them so we'll, we'll see where it goes but I, I know people here at least now that the Airbnb is allowed again in short-term rentals that all the cottages are definitely being booked up. Oh yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it's especially when you've been in the city jungle for uh, this long, it does, you want to just get out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, even just an hour makes such a huge difference. Yeah, and the the, uh, the island is finally opening up this weekend too. So oh, see how many so people f- flock to that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the funny, you bring up your wedding. I, I saw an article yesterday about people doing virtual weddings now. And I'm like, that's so cheap. <laughs> like, that would like, if you wanted to get away with a cheap wedding, get a Zoom oh, link. <laughs> yeah, it is. Gosh. But what do you do when your connection breaks down? And, um, you know, my, my family is a bit older. And so it's kind of hard to coordinate technology and uh yeah we've the, the invite will just be scenarios. zoom instructions <laughs> yeah <laughs> very lengthy instructions yeah <laughs> well it was great to get you on and uh hear what you're doing i think it's a really exciting idea and uh if people want to reach out and uh, learn more where should they uh, find you yeah uh, so they can email me directly or go to our website it's uh rip with two p's marketing.com and my email is just shannon at ripmarketing.com. But yeah, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or um, yeah, on the website, either way. And we'll put those uh, links in the, the show notes uh, if you want to go find them. Uh, but thanks again for coming on the, the podcast and waking up early in Australian time. Yeah, no worries. Thanks so much for having me, Michael. <laughs> thanks, Shannon.